Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Oh, okay. It makes me nervous to to drive. I feel like this got this this big, powerful machine. It could do anything. Yeah, I think it's like this at the beginning, but then you will get used to it. And then you've got to do the, the thing with your hand, like the gear stick. Yeah. And then you've got to look out for trams and people and bogeys and all of that sort of thing. It's really complicated. It's I, far more complicated than I thought it would be. I think it's really impressive the first time you would go on the highway alone. I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> on the autobahn. Because then with the speed and everything, it's a bit... Uh, I think the impressive. fastest I've gone is 50. And I, <laughs> I, I, I can feel my okay. heart just going... That's not... Yeah, I didn't even have the code, so don't worry, you're not alone in this. Uh, you can't drive either? I can't either. Pierre. <laughs> I know. Well, my loads of people can't drive. My friend Emily can't drive either. Can you drive? Yeah, I, I can, yeah. I have the license, everything. Damon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's, it's quite normal, no? Yeah. Weirdos. Anyway, that's enough driving talk. Joining me... Ian McCord on today's One Football Podcast is Roman Velter. Hi. And Pierre Germain. Hi. Did I get the surname right? I yeah. did. Yeah. Okay. Can. Email if you want to get in touch is podcast at onefootball.com. Get all your questions in there or hop over to iTunes. Do the rating thing. Do that common thing before you sit back and feel better about having done something good for the day. So as we said the previous day, over the course of the next few weeks, we're previewing some of Europe's big leagues with our various local experts from the One Football newsroom. Today... We have our beloved Frenchies with us. So I'd like to start off the podcast by you guys giving me one reason to be very excited about the upcoming season in Ligue 1. Who'd like to go first? Pierre. I can go first. Yeah, go on. Um, I think the Ligue 1 has never been that competitive. Mm. Over the past few years, we have three big clubs under Paris, of course, that will... can surely say it already be uh, the, the next uh, winner of the, the league. But I think the race between Marseille, Lyon and, uh, and Monaco is going to, be, going to be the next hot thing for the coming championship. So this three uh, course between the, the big names behind so Paris can be really interesting next. Uh, so the season. race for second. The race for second, that's a bit a pity. But, yeah. Uh, that will be. It wasn't always so. I was looking at it recently that the, the, the winners of the French League, uh, it, was a, it used to be a lot more diverse. Yeah, but then when you get the money that, that Paris has compared to the other ones, it makes a big difference and then you can feel it on the field. So It does. I like how you pronounce Paris. It's so much better than I pronounce it. Uh, what are you excited about then? I think this year it, can, it will be a good league because most of the of the managers have an offensive mindset. Of course, we discuss about Paris, Lyon, Monaco and Marseille. They also have the players to do it. But I think the, the likes of Rennes, Saint-Etienne, even Nîmes, I think, who comes from Ligue 2, they will be really offensive. They will want to score a lot of goals instead of staying in front of their, of their own goal. So I think it will be interesting. And okay. if you need to discuss for English people who listen to the podcast, mm. I think it's always good because you can discover the next uh, Bernardo Silva or Kante or Hazard before they, they move to Premier League and rock it there. For 50 million euro. Exactly. Well, maybe we'll talk about the, some of the younger upcoming <laughs> players later. But I think the obvious place to start is, of course, PSG. 
how important was it to the league and to French football that Neymar hasn't left? Is it important at all? I think it's more, from my point of view and from what I read in the French news, I think it's more important for people outside of France than for really for people in France. Oh. Since the Qatari arrived in, uh, in Paris, if they don't want to let a player go, nobody leaves. The biggest uh, transfer that they made is David Luiz because they didn't want him anymore. So for French people, it was not really a question whether Neymar would go or not. He was there only for one year. Mm -hmm. It would make sense that he leaves. So it's good for Ligue 1, but I think people now in Ligue 1, they are much more looking forward to Mbappé, what he can do than for Neymar. Right. Honestly. Mbappé has sort of stolen the throne or a little bit, hasn't he? I think now he has the world champion uh, uh, crown on his, on his head. Mm. And... People were a bit disappointed by uh, by Neymar last year, so we have to see this year. I think it's going to be really interesting on this on this aspect. Okay, uh, as a new manager, of course, in the shape of Thomas Tuchel, it's an odd choice for PSG. No, I was a, I was a bit like surprised because for me it's like he has a bit of the same profile as uh, Emery. They mm. wanted somebody yeah. who, who was like going to rock the the players, change them, like uh, bring something new. But maybe what they needed was really someone with a real stature, someone who had uh, already won a lot of leagues, a lot of Champions League and everything. From the first weeks, apparently there is still a change compared to Emery. Players seems to like him, so we will see if he can manage to bring the Champions League to... He did fall out with a lot of players at Dortmund, though. He's a interesting character. Have you noticed that one of his ears is bigger than the other one? <laughs> Really? Yeah, like oh. significantly bigger. I forget which year it was. That's not really important. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought, like you, I thought they would have gone for this sort of headline-grabbing manager, yeah. the sort of player who can, or the sort of manager who can look after players' egos and things like that. I think if they would have waited a bit more, maybe they would have gone for Zinedine Zidane. But oh. he left a bit too late. Uh, so he was unavailable. I think he wanted to do a break with really being at the head of some team. Yeah. For me, I think Tuchel can be a good choice for Paris. I think tactically he has great ideas. Uh, we can really look forward for something new uh, tactically defensively. I think mm -hmm. he will try to play with three defenders. So for Paris, it's going to be a transition period for a while. But regarding the charisma he has and the relationship with the players, I think we can really uh, hope for good things in, uh, for Tuchel in Paris. Tell me a bit more about the tactical setup. How's he gonna? Uh, what's he gonna do at PSG this season? Uh, yeah, this defense with three players is going mm. to be the the, the huge uh, shift because Paris is not used at all, and the players will have to really mm. get used to it. Because last season was a four-three-three, yeah, give or take. Kind of, yeah, it was yeah more classical system. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, Tuchel. It's really uh, this uh, set of mine. I think it will be a more offensive uh, tactic to have these three uh, three defenders with like two uh, two the, the left and the right backs are going to be mm -hmm. uh, more uh, offensive players rather than so we can really expect a, a yeah a change in the mindset uh, Paris will have. I think it will be exciting for the Champions League because. In Ligue 1, I really don't uh, feel someone can threaten them this year. But uh, yeah, hopefully it will have. Uh, we can, we'll see the results in the Champions League. 
Okay. He's had some interesting ideas uh, as regards controlling the players too, hasn't he? Yeah, I think we were talking about it with Romain when uh, when we first had a like uh, clues about this new uh, like rigor he brought uh, mm-hmm. with this uh, kind of uh, tracking the players' trend, uh, going to the nightclubs they attend to, and uh, trying to really understand where they live and also like uh, find out where there could be ways for improvement. So uh, we can find uh, like. Uh, things that Giroud did uh, uh, back in the days, or uh, I think it was uh, there was another Parisian trainer that uh, did the same in uh, the past. Ali Lodziki was a bit like this yeah. also, trying to very Sir Alex Ferguson. Mental. <laughs> yeah, that's but, it. Yeah, that's part of knowing really the players. I, I presume it won't be him going to the nightclubs. <laughs> no. Just, you know, checking it out. I, I'm just going for work, you know, that's what he says. I'm just going to check out if the players are there. You never know. Apparently, uh, I didn't see it this weekend, but he sang a Far Williams song. So yeah. maybe he's like... A he has good singing skills. So. Oh, he did it for his initiation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. I didn't know the managers had to do an initiation song. That's interesting. Apparently. Even Buffon has to do it. So Even see. Buffon had yeah. to do it. Okay. What did Buffon go for? Do we know? An old uh, Italian song. Yeah. I think uh, we spoke about it with Mario. It was uh, ah, something about adventurous life translated in, uh, in English. Okay. So it was matching the situation he's currently facing in Paris. Okay. <laughs> I imagine, I didn't see this, but I imagine Buffon's a good singer. He looks yeah. to me like he's got a decent set of lungs on him. Okay, uh, I'm sort of interested. You talked a little bit about it, but I'm interested to know what would be the differences under Tuckle and, and Emery. Is it mostly tactical and discipline? Yeah. Or is there anything else that... I think the, at some points the, the main problem for Emery was like uh, from an outside point of view and uh, it was really the relationship with the players with dealing with the egos, as you said. So uh, in, this, uh, in this perspective, I think Tuchel can really bring... If he gains respect from the, the dressing room and mm. from the, the different egos and really manages to um, make them play well all together... Uh, I think, yeah, that could be the really the, the big plus he can bring to, to Paris. Okay. Humanly. Um, one of the more interesting stories over the summer was the beef, or let's say reported beef, between uh, Mbappe and Neymar, which you slightly touched upon earlier, and a couple of the other Brazilians uh, who were accused of almost bullying Mbappe and not really raiding him. Is that the case? Is that, is, does that seem like it's it's going to make for an awkward dressing room? Because now Mbappe comes back, you know, crowned world champion, and Neymar, for want of a better term, is a bit of a laughing stock. I think it moment. it came out in the English press, but nobody really picked up this story in the French press. So oh. um, I'm a bit surprised about this. I think the real beef it's more between Cavani and the Brazilian of the of the oh. team. Oh, because Cavani is really a team player. He's playing for everyone even though he's the number nine and he should be served as, a, as such. Uh, Neymar took more of the, of the light last year. So I think there were really uh, some, some issues like this. Apparently, none of them would leave. So I think Tourol also he will have to play with the egos and play with, to show everybody has a real importance. But I think between Neymar and Mbappé, they know that if they want to win the Champions League, none of them is good enough to win it on his own. Mm-hmm. So they need the other one. That's interesting. You mentioned the Champions League because we all okay, we know about the league, uh, etc. 
the Champions League is the big thing for them now. It has to be. Yes. Because uh, not that League One doesn't matter, but kind of doesn't. I think it's for Paris, I think it's more or less the season when they will know if their project is working or not. Because so far they never went uh, further than the quarterfinals. Mm. And I think if this year they don't make it past the quarterfinals, probably Neymar will leave, Mbappé, we don't know. So I think this year it's the year where they have to to make it to the semi-final or the final, otherwise nobody will respect the, the project anymore. Was it, I mean, I know against Barcelona and that famous exit, uh, maybe it was a bit of a mentality problem. Is that the thing that they need to fix in Europe this season or is, or is there something else there? I think, yeah, it's a problem of mentality. Uh, maybe they need, they would need like a guy, a guy like Vidal, for instance, mm. who is maybe not the most beautiful player to watch, but then on the field, uh, if he needs to fight, he's there to fight. For instance, in the midfield, they have beautiful players like Rabiot or Verratti, mm. but I would not go to war with them, so you have to see also in Champions League for this. I don't know who I would go to war with. It's a good question. With Conte. Yes. I would go to war in the Conte, pitch with Conte, yeah. of course. Yeah, that's a good point. Or Deschamps. I feel like they'd, they'd probably put in a lot of the hard work that I wouldn't really be interested in doing. Um, so we all know they're going to win the league. Do you want to take a guess by how many points? At least uh, at least five wins. So yeah, 15 points, I would say. Oh, God. 22. 22. Okay. <laughs> Well, so enjoy the enjoy Liga. Did we want <laughs> did we want to mention Gigi Buffon and it being a bit of an odd move? Yeah, when you look like sportively speaking, when you have uh, Areola that really uh, played well last season and is like slowly but surely progressing, Buffon is more like a like the marketing potential, the name, ah. uh, like when they brought uh, Beckham to the club. I see it mm. this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like strengthening the the image the club has internationally, you can feel that uh, that he's useful in that purpose already. When you look at the Asian uh, tour they had, mm-hmm. I mean it's part of like uh, Parisian tactics to gain some clients because there mm-hmm. there are also these stakes behind. Uh, sportively, I think Buffon will have another good year, but that's clearly not a bet on the future when you bring a forty mm-hmm. years old. A forty-year-old guy. Uh, so sportively, it's a bit, yeah, weird. Yeah, he'll he'll be number one though, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, let's stop talking about PSG. We also have the southern triangle of Lyon, Monaco, and Marseille. We've already said none of these can threaten PSG, right? I think there is too much difference. They, I mean, they can threaten them maybe for six months or something. But when you will come, when spring will come, if mm-hmm. Paris needs to. Accelerate, they will accelerate. Okay. It's a little bit depressing, but come on. <laughs> um, so the three clubs, Lyon, Monaco, Marseille, what have we made of their recruitment over this summer? Who's who's done best out of this? Monaco, it's revolution every year. Uh, it is amazing how they do a revolution every year, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, but once again, Monaco, uh, I expect them to be uh, like competitive, but they lost Lemar, they lost... Uh, they lost also uh, Fabinho. Fabinho and uh, Moutinho. So, and Moutinho. Yeah. so mm. basically the, the old midfield is going to be new. Um, Golovin is a good transfer. Uh, he did great during the World Cup. But yeah, I think it's going to be building, uh, going back to zero and start rebuilding. So okay. we can expect a transition year for Monaco. How, what about Lyon and Marseille? How have they done? 
Marseille, uh, still waiting for Balotelli. Huh? I don't know <laughs> if he's going to come at all. I mean, what happened with this? Because we were talking a couple of weeks ago and it seemed like it was a done deal, the whole Puma thing. It's really strange. It seems like uh, Rayola is the main, the main issue. Ah, okay. They could find a way to set the transfer between Nice and Marseille. But apparently he expects uh, too high salary and too high commission for Marseille and it's really an issue. Yeah, he's a greedy man. I think that's, yeah, I read an article earlier, I think it was really money is the main issue in yeah. this transfer. Okay. So hopefully for Marseille, because it could be a great transfer if they want to do something uh, at but, the European scale this year. Yeah, that, w- that was my question. Will it be a good deal for, for Marseille to get? To get this version of Balotelli, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you look at the performances their attackants had last year, with Germain and and um, Mitroglou, and Mitroglou, that were quite disappointing at some points. I think Balotelli, with the current uh, shape he has, he can definitely be a great asset for for Marseille. I follow him on Instagram. He's great. He was hanging out with, do you know that rapper, 6ix9ine? No, let's, let's not go no. down that road. Uh, but he does look in very good shape, is yeah. what I would say. And Marseille is a good club for him because yeah. there's a lot of passion. Uh, that's, that's someone, that's a player that loves feeling the, the heat and there's no hotter stadium than mm. the Velodrome. So, yeah, it could be a great match between Marseille and Melotelli. Okay, lovely. What about, uh, what's happened with these Marseille UEFA sanctions? What's, what's with that? So basically, uh, in Marseille, uh, as uh, Pierre said, it's a very high, uh, very hot stadium. So they like to use flares, like in Serbia or wherever. Okay. But apparently, uh, UEFA doesn't really like this kind of a uh, of show. Jerks. So basically, if they still use flares in the two coming years, they would be suspended for the following season of European Cup. Oh. So I think it's a bit, uh, it's a bit harsh. Also, there have been some issues during the final of Europa League in Lyon. They destroyed the, uh, the toilets in the stadium or this kind of thing. So I think it's also linked to this. So they will have to be uh, careful during two years. And Jean-Michel Aulas? What a jerk. <laughs> oh. 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 And Jacques-Henri Ero? Did I yeah. pronounce that right? Yes. Perfect. What's, uh, are they still best of friends? Is it has this because this started last season? Yeah, and it, is it continued into the summer? It's part of the show, you know. Okay. Need to to bring something outside of the field. So for those who missed out, could you just give them some a quick background on it? Basically, New and Marseille they were uh, one against the other all the season. Uh, first in European Cup because they thought they would both go to the final or close, and uh, especially in the league because they were competing for the for the third place. Mm-hmm. And so. There were a lot of talks about this, about putting pressure on the referees and this kind of thing, ah. especially in the in the opposition. And then when Marseille went to the final that was played in Lyon of Europa League, the fans had a song which said basically, oh, uh, Jean-Michel Olas, we are going to burn your stadium, more or less. We are going to come and burn your stadium. And lately, uh, Jacques-Henri Hero, he was in Singapore uh, with some uh, Marseille fans. And he sang the song, and uh, he's on video singing the song. So, <laughs> just one other episode of the of the beef between the two. <laughs> nice. Okay. Elsewhere, who are the teams that have come up this season? It's Nîmes, one of them. Mm-hmm. Who are the other? Reims. Reims. Okay. How are they going to do? Straight back down. I think apparently from what the, his, the coach said in him, Bernard Blacker, he wants to stay in a positive mindset. Yes, uh, last season they scored 75 goals in Ligue 2. So, 
75. Yeah. So he wants to stay with the same mindset. Basically, he plays with two strikers and two very offensive midfielders. So he said that we come to Liga, we'll play the same way. So we will see after a couple of games if he stays the same. I mean, you can't, you can't do that. I don't can know. You? Maybe they can score five goals every game. It's interesting. Okay. But then for Reims, I'm a bit more worried because they lost um, four of their main players uh, that were sold in Liga or elsewhere. And they didn't really manage to get uh, people to replay. So mm-hmm. I'm a bit uh, skeptical for Reims. Okay. The same? Good analysis. Yeah, okay. Roman knows his stuff, apparently. Uh, it's the first season that a league uh, is going to have VAR. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How's it going to work? But what are they going to do with it? Hopefully it's not going to be uh, too much uh, of a mess. Uh, I think the, the World Cup showed that it can be at uh, top level improved and, and implemented pretty efficiently. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of like cutting the game mm. in the middle of it and using VR, but still, uh, it's a f- it's a good way of gaining some fairness in uh, and not having teams robbed mm. uh, because of a referee mistake. But have the they, World Cup has showed it. Have they explained how they're going to use it in in Liga so far this year? Yes, uh, I think it will be more or less like in the World Cup. Apparently, they will not explain the the decision to the people who are in the stadium. So we have to see how this will work. And then people who watch the TV, they will see uh, they will see us as we saw during the World Cup. And are they going to have the same amount of referees wearing the referee gear sitting in a separate room? Yeah, it will be the same uh, implementation. There will be three guys in the little van uh, watching the, the videos. It sounds like a bit of a mess. I don't know, we'll see. No? Yeah, okay. but... For me, that's uh, that's a good upgrade for the game to use technology. I mean, um, football has been late compared to other mm. sports. When you look at basketball, for instance, they have a very uh, normal use of VR and nobody's complaining about it. And even in history, I mean, if you look back at uh, some big events like England a couple of years ago, if uh, Lampard had this ah. gore this goal uh, allowed mm. uh, maybe that it wouldn't have lost 4-1 against Germany back in the days oh. so yeah sorry for reminding you about oh no that's okay I enjoyed it <laughs> I enjoyed seeing that goal go over not go over the line or whatever it went um, okay so we'll have that is that in the cup as well or is it just in the league or has uh, it in the cup it will be from the quarterfinals oh because in France, in France, the French Cup, everybody plays the French Cup. So, yeah. for instance, now they started with the people that are ah, in eight or nine divisions, so it's quite difficult to implement yeah. there. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, we talked a little bit about Balotelli, um, who is currently still at Nice. Um, they probably won't have him for very much longer, but they do have Pat Vieira. This is obviously his first big job in Europe. Is Nice a good place to start for this? It's a sort of no-pressure club, right? Yeah, I think it's good for him to not arrive in a big institution. Like, uh, for instance, Marseille would be a mm. way too big step because there's a lot of pressure from the fans, from, yeah, this structure that is quite huge. So that's a good that's a good first job for him in France. I think it's a good uh, good scale for him to start in, uh, in Nice. Any... any th- sort of pressure on him at all this season or what will they be expecting from him because Nice had a decent season last year I, I think maybe they will not 
expect too much because they still lost some players like Seri, for instance, who was really uh, instrumental in the midfield and probably they will lose Balotelli and they mm. sold player also, so the two main strikers. Player as well. Yeah. But the thing is that he will come after Claude Puel and Lucien Favre who were in Nice. They made a really good job mm. and uh, last three, four seasons was really good for, were really good for Nice. So still, I think he will be compared to this, to this coach who are like quite important in France and in Europe. So there will still be a bit of pressure, I think, for him. And Ranieri. Sorry? Wasn't Ranieri at Nice? Uh, no, he was in, in Nantes. Nantes. Oh, Nantes. Yes. Oh, you should, probably, yeah, I you should probably chop that. Eh? I think that the fact uh, Favre has gone to Dortmund is a bit of pressure for him because it shows yeah. how great job uh, Favre did in Nice. Uh, so... Not the pressure won't come from the club, but maybe from the predecessors, as uh, Roman just said. Is it going to be a sort of stepping stone for him to go elsewhere? You always yeah. hear of him linked to like Man well, not maybe Manchester City, but he obviously has those links to yeah, Manchester sure. City. Or you could maybe see him at a sort of PSG style club. I mean, people they, when they speak about uh, World Champions of '98, they think about Deschamps, they think about Zidane. So now, whoever begin uh, their coaching career, for instance, mm. when Thierry Henry will start, everybody will expect that within a few, few years he coaches, uh, I don't know, Arsenal or a big club. Yeah. So for Villarreal, it's more or less the same. He took his time. He coached the youth in Manchester City. He went to the US. Mm. But now, yeah, people expect that he will do great in Nice and then maybe go to I don't know, Marseille or Lyon or then uh, somewhere else in Europe. Okay. Have we, do we know have any indication already about how he's going to set up his side at all? I think it will be not so different from uh, what Fav did. Okay. Apparently, uh, he, will, he also wants to put a lot of pressure on the opponent, but then tactically it will be more or less the same. I think for him what will be really important is that Cyprien, who was uh, injured most of the season last year, will come back. So I think he will uh, build mostly the, the team around him. Elsewhere, uh, Bordeaux. Bordeaux. Goes Poyer. Yes. Uh, he's in charge, but not in charge of Malcolm, who's gone to Barcelona. Yeah. Well, a bit of a scandal there, the whole Roma thing. I think uh, it's a scandal that they managed to sell him for 40 million euros. Oh, that's interesting. Why? It should have been far less. Yeah, I think. First, I think he's, he's, he doesn't have the quality to be in Barcelona, so I'm really skeptical about this and I think 40 million for such a player it's a, it's a good deal what, what, what is it what, what are your other doubts about him that he's not good enough for Barcelona in you Bordeaux, don't think he has the sort of football intelligence to play that way or? in Bordeaux he was more or less the star so he could do what he wants but yeah. still in, during the games or during the season he had really weak games or weak uh, weeks Mm-hmm. So he was like disappearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he was stri- he, he scored a few amazing uh, strikes, or he could do uh, technically some good things. But I'm not sure he can he can be at the level expected in in Barcelona to play with Messi or even Dembélé or this kind of players. Even Dembélé, uh, Malcolm, forty million Barcelona, good, bad, over overrated. I think, uh, like Roman said, lack of constancy. So I think he really took the benefits of huge goals he scored because mm. if you look back at last season, he scored a couple of great ones. But uh, on uh, at an uh, all-season scale, I think he won't have the, the strength to really get into the, the first squad and the starters. Ooh. It's the kind of player that you would expect to sell like to, to Fulham or this kind of clubs in <laughs> Premier League, you know? 
where we like to sell the players a bit uh, more than what mm. they really worth. Okay, uh, Bordeaux, of course, one of the teams who've lost a lot of who've lost some key players. Okay, Malcolm, maybe not as key, uh, but we're thinking of like Seri, Diop, Lamar, Fabinho. That sort of looks bad for Liga. All those key players going, or it's just normal, right? Yeah, it's just normal for us. I mean, okay. it's like the the farming league for the rest of Europe. Yeah, uh, we it's it's like this for all the clubs. They know that. They grow some players when they are like maybe nineteen twenty. Where if they are really good, they're in the starting eleven. Yeah, they can keep them for two or three years, and then they will go abroad. It's the way Ligue 1 works. So it's sad, but That's also the, the good thing is that we can expect some new players. For instance, Awa mm. last year in Lyon, um, some new this year. So this is also the exciting part about Ligue 1. Are there any new players you guys would like to highlight then for this season? The ones to watch out for. He just mentioned Awa. I think the old Lyon midfield, lot of uh, youth. Uh, I love Ndombele as well. I think he has great potential. He's like 21 only. Mm-hmm. So Awa and Ndombele, they were both uh, in the shortlist to become youngest player of the year last season. Mm-hmm. Of course, Mbappé is on another planet, so they had no chances to really win this uh, this competition. But both of them are really talented players. So I'm really looking forward to watching Lyon playing next season. I think there's a great generation coming and both Ooh. these players are quite exciting. Any other young players you'd like to highlight? Uh, me, I would say Sibacher. He was uh, playing in Reims. He was the main uh, scorer. Now mm-hmm. he's going to play in Rennes. And they also got uh, Clément Grenier who was playing in Lyon before mm-hmm. as a number 10. So I think it would be a good, uh, a good duet. Uh, then the former gunner, René Adelaide, who signed for Angers. Oh yeah, and I think with a uh, good confidence, the young guy. Yeah, yeah he yeah, showed yeah. really some good skills last year during the six months in Angers. So I think it's going to be interesting. And then in Bordeaux, there's a young uh, defender who is called Jules Koundé. He was not uh, supposed to start in January. He got his chance, and since then he's in the starting eleven. And I think he will do good things also. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, one last question before we get um, some predictions from you guys. Other than PSG, can we expect any French club to do anything in Europe this season? I think Lyon. Yeah. Pierre doesn't look so convinced. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, I, agree, I tend to agree with uh, with this. I think uh, Marseille they had their uh, their great uh, shot, their great shot in in Europa League last season. So mm-hmm. everybody's going to expect them. So they will have more pressure now they reach the final. Yeah, Lyon can be at the uh, French scale and at the European level can be really the next hot thing, I think. Okay, well, that's get, that gets me excited about watching Lyon. No Gorkouf, of course, next season. He will play in Dijon. <gasps> yes. But he will be injured half the season, so... He's playing for Dijon? Yes. <laughs> He said that it's a good environment for him and the coach said the same. So, I mean, if he is fit, it can be quite interesting because they have a few good players there in the midfield. So it could be uh, enjoyable to watch also. How old is he now? 31, I think. What? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not that old. So it's, it's quite it's a been pity. around for so long. Yeah. Wow. Still the score of my favorite goal of all time. I, I never stop talking about this goal. I love it. Against PSG. Against PSG. Yeah, of course. Oh, and the reaction of the crowd and oh, that was something. Go if you haven't seen this, go to YouTube. Just type in Gorkouf PSG goal. Two thousand nine. Was it? Two, yeah, two thousand nine. Wow, yeah. oh, it's 
It's nearly 10 years ago. Yeah. Yes. That was him at his peak. Yeah. The best uh, season. He, he never really did anything after no, that. Unfortunately. Shame. Shouldn't, he should not have signed at Lyon. He should have stayed at Bordeaux all his, all his career. Regrets. Regrets. <laughs> okay. A couple of predictions. Um, Who will be the first manager sacked? Mm, I think Bordeaux doesn't look serene. So Poyer complained already about the Mercato, about oh. how the team's prepared. He could be, uh, if Bordeaux does like really uh, bad start of the season with like a couple of uh, lost uh, in a row, it could be like kind of a crisis in Bordeaux and, and I don't think that Poyer will, regards, with regards of the, the Mercato and the, the players he got, he, I think he can feel a bit betrayed with the the board of the club so okay. he could be the first uh, you're back in you're back in Poye to go yeah F, yeah what would, the same I would say the same thing for the same reason but also the fact that there will be uh, US investors now that took over the club so I think probably they will just want to put a new management and also a new coach so I think maybe in a few months it would make sense that Poye just leaves and a completely new team comes cool a brief update is that going to happen soon uh, they will sign in October normally, but it's more or less, uh, it's not signed, but it's already done. It's a done deal. Uh, so basically, even though the old um, uh, owner mm. still managed the Mercato for this uh, summer, mm. the American also already have the, their word in the people that are bought or sold. So. Okay, interesting. Who's going down? Uh, Toulouse and Caen, I think. They were closed last year, and I think this year... They didn't recruit enough. Yeah, I would say Toulouse and maybe one of the two teams that come up this season. Uh, I don't really. I think Nîmes won't uh, manage to reproduce that great to form. Reproduce the, yeah. the, I think the yeah. offensive football is quite a, a good plan, and but that's risky at the same time because there are also way better attackers in Ligue 1 and in Ligue 2. So yeah, Toulouse Nîmes. Okay, and Nîmes. who's is uh, I think Nîmes is way more suited for Ligue 2 than Ligue 1. Oh, poor Nîmes. And who's going to be second? Of the league? Uh, Lyon, this season. Yeah, Lyon. Lyon. And Fekir will be the best player of the league. Wait, until he moves to Liverpool, of course. Yeah? Let's see. Oh. I, I hope he can find better than Liverpool. Oh, but if he does a great season, that means that Olas will ask like 30 millions more than this yes. summer. So, I don't know. But yeah, I expect Fekir to be really good this season as well. Okay, well, sorry to dash your hopes, any Liverpool fans out there listening. That's all from us today. My thanks to Pierre and uh, Roman, thanks. whose name I almost forgot there for a second, and producer Damo. We'll be back next week with our La Liga preview. Wow. And a lot of very strong Real Madrid-Barcelona <laughs> opinions. <laughs> thanks for listening.